grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. The voice said to me, human one, stand on your feet and I'll speak to you. As the living one spoke to me, a wind came to me and stood me on my feet, and I heard someone addressing me. The living one said to me, human one, I'm sending you to the Israelites, a traitorous and rebellious people. They and their ancestors have rebelled against me to this very day. I'm sending you to their hard-headed and hard-hearted descendants, and you will say to them, the living God proclaims, whether they listen or whether they refuse, since they are a household of rebels, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And as for you, human one, don't be afraid of them or their words. Don't be afraid. You possess thistles and thorns that seduce scorpions. Don't be afraid of their words or shrink from their presence because they are a household of rebels. You'll speak my words to them, whether they listen or whether they refuse. They are just a household of rebels. Then I looked, and there in a hand stretched out to me was a scroll. The living one spread it open in front of me, and it was filled with writing on both sides, songs of mourning, lamentation, and doom. Then the living one said to me, Human one, eat this thing that you found. Eat this scroll and go. Speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and the living one fed me the scroll. God said to me, Human one, feed your belly and, and fill your stomach with the scroll that I give you. So I ate it, and in my mouth it became as sweet as honey. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown. His disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were surprised. Where did this man get all this? What's this wisdom he's been given? What about the miracles accomplished through him? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't he Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They were repulsed by Jesus and fell into sin. Jesus said to them, Prophets are honored everywhere, except in their own towns, among their relatives and in their households. He was unable to do any miracles there, except that he placed his hands on a few sick people and healed them. 
He was appalled by their disbelief. Then Jesus traveled through the surrounding villages teaching. Jesus called for the twelve and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a walking stick, no bread, no bags, and no money in their belts. He told them to wear sandals, but not to put on two shirts. Jesus said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. If a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. They cast out many demons, and they anointed many sick people with olive oil and healed them. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. In a remote Afghan village, in a valley nestled between mountains, where apples and peaches grow abundantly, Saeed Noor learned English from Sylvester Stallone. The Noor family owned the only television in town, and as a teenager, Saeed would watch and re-watch a DVD of the 1988 movie, Rambo Three, practicing English in order to become an interpreter for the U.S. military. The idea possessed Saeed a few years after the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan when an accident rocked the North family. Someone accidentally had spilled hot water on his baby sister and had burned her badly. They lived hours from the nearest city, but Americans had established a nearby base. Saeed had already been trying out his Hollywood English with the soldiers who passed through their village. And so he pleaded with his mother to let him take his sister to the Americans. The doctor on that base saved his sister's life. Today, she is a young woman who wants to become a doctor herself. Back in the mid-2000s, she became the reason Saeed began working as an interpreter. After witnessing an act of healing, he felt compelled to give back. When healing comes unexpectedly, it transforms us. Whether we experience that transformation physically ourselves or witness another person's recovery, we so often sense a depth of wonder and gratitude. Broken bodies find new strength. A good therapist and good meds partner to break destructive patterns. Wounds of the soul. Wounds of the soul hidden away for so long are washed in grace. 
These and other manifestations of healing disclose a glimpse of divine possibility and divine peace. But I suspect that like Jesus's neighbors in Nazareth, we know the hesitation that often precedes healing. Think of Saeed Noor's mother, horrified at her child's scalded skin. Would you be so quick to entrust your baby's care to the same people who dropped bombs in your valley a few years before? Think of a loved one who has resisted going to therapy. Our brains compartmentalize trauma to keep us safe, to unlock those internal doors, that goes against our survival instincts. Or think of a neighbor here in Schuyler County who has chosen not to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Even after you wade through the quagmire of disinformation about those FDA-approved vaccines, you still arrive at the barriers to health care for which our country is infamous. I know someone who won't take a chance, even the minutest chance, of having a negative reaction from that shot. The treatment from those negative reactions would weigh them down with impossible debt. In Jesus's hometown, neighbors are hesitant. Neighbors are skeptical hearing this sermon that the carpenter gave in the synagogue. Where did this man get all of this? What's this wisdom he's been given? What about the miracles accomplished through him? Isn't this Jesus? It's Jesus, the carpenter, no one particularly well-educated. It's Mary's son. Yes, but we've heard the rumors that he's not Joseph's son. We know his brothers and sisters, and that family is nothing special. So why is Jesus acting like he's some kind of Torah expert? Why are people saying that miracles, God's acts of power, are accomplished through him? This guy? I don't think so. Hesitation before healing. We know it well. And we know, too, the knot that forms in Jesus' stomach when his neighbors reject them. Saeed Noor felt it when he began receiving death threats from neighbors who supported the Taliban, prompting him to seek refuge in the United States in 2014. After that unimaginable Tuesday morning in September, 2001, 
our own Marie Baumgartner felt her stomach twist when she heard how Muslim neighbors down the street were verbally abused, their house vandalized. And if you have traveled the hard road of healing from addiction or abuse, well, you know how reluctant family members can be to acknowledge the truth of that trauma. Changing your own behavior can challenge theirs, the ways that they have kept silence or enabled or ignored. I wonder if even Jesus' siblings were among the people saying, who does this guy think he is? Jesus picks up to leave, but he doesn't just walk away. God does not abandon the world, even when the people who should know best show their worst. The living one still sends prophets like Ezekiel to beloved people acting like a band of bandits. Jesus still places his hands on a few sick people and heals them. Even in this unwelcoming place, the Spirit cultivates healing and wholeness. And what is more, God commissions us as healers. In this first half of autumn, we are exploring more deeply what it means to be partners in Jesus' ministry of healing. The Gospels are bursting with stories of sickness reversed, demons cast out, death defeated. These miracle stories put flesh on Jesus' announcement that God's reign is coming soon. It's no wonder then that disciples sent out to heal also urge people to change their hearts and lives, since that's how Jesus has talked about God's kingdom from the very beginning. Joining Christ's ministry of healing, it's not as simple or as slick as a bottle of stink oil. And it's not as daunting as finding a cure for cancer. Instead, healers do ordinary things. Healers trust there will be enough. Do not worry about packing two shirts or an extra loaf of bread. In God's abundance, there will be plenty for all of us to share. Healers do not walk alone. Jesus sends disciples two by two and sends us to travel life's roads together. Although hyper-individualism may drive American discourse about politics, the pandemic, and so much else, the Church of Jesus Christ knows that we are called into community. We are each other's business, 
As the great poet Gwendolyn Brooks wrote, we are each other's business, we are each other's magnitude and bond. And most surprisingly, healers stay. We're familiar with Jesus's counsel, shake the dust off of your feet. Popular culture certainly is, to quote another poet, Taylor Swift, the player's gonna play, 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 play. And the hater's gonna hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm gonna shake, 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 shake. Say it with me, shake it off, shake it off. If we are primed to notice and prepare for rejection, we may miss what Jesus says immediately before. Whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. Wherever you find a welcome, stay, regardless of whether the person who receives you is reputable or moves in similar circles as you do, or even shares your values. Stay. Reverend Jim Matulski, a pastor in the Metropolitan Community Churches, speaks to this surprising experience of grace in his essay, AIDS and the Blessing of Staying. As a minister in San Francisco at a time when the AIDS crisis was disturbing and heartbreaking, more so than it is today. Reverend Matulski recalls jarring images of people walking the city streets, holding on to IV poles like canes. When too many families shook the dust off of their feet and turned away their HIV positive children, many of whom were gay and bisexual men, Reverend Matulski recognized the blessings that come when we stay together through times of change, death, and mystery. Not everyone can bear such moments of terrible loss and difficulty, but he writes, if we can, that's where the gift lies. That's the whirlwind. That's the still small voice. When we are able to stick through with each other in difficult times, we have been sustained by the grace of God. Healers stay in the face of suffering, in the midst of injustice, because God is healing in that place through disciples and through people who offer welcome. God's healing grace surprises us. Just ask my husband, Yerel. A few years ago, Yerel and I drove to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to celebrate his mother's birthday. This was going to be the first time I would meet his family. Gerald and I had been dating for less than a year at this point. We arrived with hearts pounding in our chests, 
all nerves and excitement, Gerald anticipated the look of joy on his mother's face, but we never got to see it. My future mother-in-law had locked herself in her room. She never was a big fan of her birthday, to be fair, and she was still making sense of her son's coming out. Yedeld stood outside her bedroom door and said hello. Silence from the other side greeted him, sank his spirits. Meanwhile, I was standing in the kitchen, making awkward conversation with his stepfather in my high school Spanish. When Yedeld came downstairs, he was ready to go. But then my future father-in-law, a devout Roman Catholic from El Salvador, said this. You know, I don't understand the position of the church, but I know that God is love, and I support love, and I love you. Looking back at that moment, I recognize how my father-in-law answered God's call to be a healer. In his simple words of affirmation, we glimpsed divine possibility and peace, a possibility that has since become reality in the love that my mother-in-law has for her son and her son's husband to stay, to stick with each other is not always easy. Thanks be to God then for sticking with us. Thanks be that God comes near, as near as olive oil brushing on tender skin. Thanks be that God rushes in like a New York firefighter when the world is collapsing but rescuing others is within reach. Thanks be that the final word on that honey-sweet scroll isn't a line from Rambo 3 or a Pentagon memo. The final word is the word made flesh, the word of healing, the word of grace. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, creator of sun and soil, Christ, the bread of life, spirit who bids us come and dine. Amen.